0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Terminal Stock, the podcast from the Tank Storage Association. I am Nunzia Florio. Mental health and well-being are crucial assets in organizations. Fostering and promoting well-being can not only prevent stress and anxiety, but create working environments where employees and organizations can thrive. For this episode, we invited Mandy Ratta, a psychologist, counsellor, and trainer who specializes in improving the psychological health of employees, managers, and senior leaders within all areas of the workforce to discuss with us the importance of mental well-being and the steps that can be taken to identify risks and create positive working environments. Joining me today is also TSA's Executive Director, Peter Davidson. Hi Mandy, hi Peter. Hi Nuncia. Hi, hello. Hi, so today we are going to discuss mental health and well-being in organisations and how to ensure that we can foster and promote positive working environments. To that end, my first question to Mandy would be really, what is mental health?
1: So really good to be here uh, talking about mental health today, Nuncia. So Mental health is in fact everything about how we feel, how our feelings influence our thoughts and how our thoughts influence our behaviour. So today, if I'm feeling good, I'm feeling healthy, if I'm feeling safe with you today, with Peter, then I can concentrate, I can hear you, I can stand up for myself, I can answer your questions in in a realistic way, But actually, if I'm struggling today, if I'm not feeling well, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, if I'm feeling anxious, it's actually much harder for me to concentrate on what's being said. My mind is preoccupied with what's happening to me. My mind is worried about what's happening after this or before this. And it's so difficult to engage fully in what's happening. So basically, mental health is really about how we feel and how those feelings influence what we're doing in the
2: here and now. Yeah, and as we kind of mentioned in our introduction, it, it really is important to our working life. I mean, just, just from a personal perspective, I work very much in isolation simply because mm. of the organisation we are, and it was hugely important for me to come into the studio today just to talk to to Nunzia in the and, and the engineer that we've got in the office about some of the issues that are affecting me at the moment.
1: Mm. It's it's huge because, um, as you notice, interestingly, about our mental health, what you're just saying there that we'll, we'll pick up on isolation and loneliness a little bit later, actually. But just let me talk a little generally about the importance of engaging and connecting with others. So one of the things about, interestingly, about our mental health is that there are definitely certain things that we need to do on a regular basis to keep our mental health in good shape. So everyone knows like to keep your physical health in good shape, you've actually got to do a bit of exercise. You've got to take some hydration to keep your water. You've got to have the good nutrition and, you know, you've got to probably sleep, sleep quite well to keep your physical health in good shape. But actually, when we think about what do we do to keep our mental health in good shape, many of us don't even think about that. We just expect our mental health to work for us, whatever we're doing. Whether that's working 16 hours a day, whether that's playing with our families, whether that's just, you know, traveling, we just expect our mental health to keep us going. Whereas in fact, what I'd like to sort of like for offer us, if you like, is we need to do things on a regular basis to proactively take care of our mental health. Some of them are the similar to physical health, like sleep. Sleep is one of the most important things that we can do for our mental health because it allows our feelings to be processed. It allows us to rest our mind. It allows us to actually have a a sense of perspective. But actually other things for our mental health um, are things like connecting with people that we like and connecting with people who are good for us, connecting with people who care about us. And interestingly, when we connect with others, we produce so much good positive hormones, positive neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, and those positive hormones that you release when you get together with people, those positive hormones act as an antidote to the stress and the worry that we experience maybe doing other things in our life. So that's why, you know, in in sort of old fashioned times, Peter, like on a Friday night after work, we might get together with our friends and family and we have a party and have a rest because it's a sort of natural way of switching off and producing some positive hormones when we've had a difficult time. And when you just coming into the office there and seeing Nuncia, honestly, when you just smile at each other. You have a release of oxytocin. That helps to act as an antidote to the stress hormones, which is why we feel better when we are surrounded with people who we like, people who care for us, people who we enjoy being with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's really important to have that, that contact with those people that we like and, and most importantly, that we feel comfortable being around. Mm,
0: mm. And one question uh, I had for Monday. Uh, was how do we know that we're well mm. or how do I we identify signs of stress and anxiety?
1: Great, great really good question. So how do we let's take the first one how do we know when we're well? okay so have a think naturally our mood I want us to think about mood so naturally our mood, You know, sometimes we're up and sometimes we're down. Sometimes we're like quite high and excited and other times we're a little bit low. But mostly our mood is, for most of us, our mood is relatively stable. Some good days, some bad days, some happiness and sadness. So it's a little bit up and down. Okay, just a little bit up and down is natural. If we are finding ourselves really sort of feeling, feeling down all the time, if we are losing joy in things that normally gave us joy, so if normally when you go out for a walk, you appreciate and hear the birds and the trees and you enjoy being outside, and then you find yourself, not A, not doing that, but B, when you do do it, you find it doesn't produce the same rewards and right. the same positivity. We have to be careful. If you're finding that you are stopping doing the things that you like, if you find that your mood is sort of like doesn't alter much it's just consistently one thing if we do stuff which we used to like doing that we we are we are losing joy in that's possibly a sign that we need to stop and reflect and think actually what am i what am i doing here in life what am i what am i enjoying who am i with what am i around do i need to do something different right that's, that's quite a big a big sort of like thought, but that there's some other things because often people sort of don't necessarily, when they don't feel things are right, many of us, honestly, we sort of ignore it. Say, well, yeah, it's not surprising because money's a bit tricky or it's not surprising that things are not right because the weather's bad or because I've got some pain in my back. Yes. But actually... Um, that we, we we sometimes go along for too long, r- sort of ignoring the signs that we're not feeling well. We're ignoring the things that we're maybe we're not making the right decisions for ourselves. You know, we're having chocolate instead of healthier food. We're spending, we're making decisions which are about short-term things maybe that's alcohol maybe that's spending more time on your computer maybe you know short-term things which are not so good for us and we're not making the good decisions which are in our best health with which are best for our our physical and mental health so personal decision making is is or, or we may take risks and we may come on to that a little later when we talk about safety and things but we may take risks which are quite dangerous, whether that's maybe in driving, whether that's maybe in relationships, maybe that's maybe with money and gambling. Right. So if you are doing things that you think about, which are quite self-destructive in in, in your own life, that's probably a sign that things aren't so great. But there's really practical things as well, like sleeping. So if you're finding yourself being really, really tired and exhausted a lot of the time, if you find yourself being hungry all the time and not wanting food or eating the wrong sorts of food, if you find yourself being angry with the people you normally love, that's also an indication that maybe your irritation is a sign that things are not right.
2: And I guess those things are also an indicator of stress or anxiety, aren't they? Or All of these things together could well be good indicators. Uh, yeah, I, I use I use I mean, the word "good" in context, but you, you know what I'm saying.
1: Yes, so let let's just take that for a second. So so look, remember what I said about moods. Sometimes it's okay to ha- feel a little bit down. Sometimes it's feel it's okay to feel disappointed. Sometimes it's it's okay to feel sad. Actually, you know, if someone in your family dies or you have a loss, it's okay to feel sad. It is also okay to feel um, worried about things. Naturally, worry sometimes propels us into doing things. So let's just, just just take stress for a second. We all have bad days. We all sometimes have bad weeks where we feel that things which are happening in our lives, we're not in control of and things are getting on top of us. And we feel a little overwhelmed by those things. That's absolutely natural. But if you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel, if that that stress feeling, that sense of feeling overwhelmed, feeling out of control, feeling there's too much going on. If that carries on for too long, that's beginning to be stress. Stress is the body's way and the mind's way of saying, there's too much happening for me that I can't control. There's too much happening for me, which I feel overwhelmed by. And if we don't do something about it, We tip into burnout. And burnout is the mind and the body's way of saying enough is enough, like this is too much. And it's more like a sort of mental and physical collapse where we can't sleep. And if we sleep, we feel too exhausted. In the morning, when we wake up, we feel like we just feel it's not worth asking for help. We feel really down. So, burnout is when we don't take care of ourselves during stressful periods. So stress, don't forget what I said that in a way everyone has a bad day, everyone has a bad week. Sometimes we have bad couple of months, but you must be recognising that. And we must, if we notice that, do extra things to help ourselves. Maybe go to bed a little earlier, maybe have healthy food, maybe go for more exercise, maybe reach out and talk to people about that. Because otherwise we'll tip into burnout, which then gets complete exhausted. And that's not a good place to be because it often needs professional help.
2: I'm just kind of thinking when you were talking there and and to what I mentioned earlier in in respect to terminal operations, because as as you know, terminals are are very efficient in terms of the headcount that they have. And that means there's very few people that are generally needed to manage a terminal, particularly on the operational side. And that really inevitably means that some jobs are carried out in isolation Mm. and some individuals might not always have that opportunity to interact with with their colleagues and their friends at work. Mm. And my question is then, what what are the specific risks in that regard?
1: So a couple of things. So just picking up what we've just been talking about in relation, so remember remember our mental health is how we're feeling about things and the influence on our relationships and influence on our our behavior now if we are uh have just had maybe a row with our partner after a number of rows with our partner maybe we're struggling with teenage children maybe we're struggling with money maybe we're we're struggling with with bereavement and and feeling low now if you then get in a van or or a car and drive for a couple of hours and you spend the whole day by yourself you've got these thoughts really whirring around in your mind whirring 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 and when we are caught up in our own thoughts often we start to um feel really quite um that 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 sense of um really sort of struggling with at putting those thoughts in a perspective that makes it worse for ourselves. So we start beginning to have catastrophic thoughts. Oh gosh, what if this happened? What if that happens? What if the other happens? We start then to have a bit of a negative spiral on ourselves. It's my fault. I shouldn't have done it this way. I shouldn't have done it that way. So that sense of being by yourself can sometimes mean that our our thoughts start ruminating, going over and over and over. They become catastrophic over and over and over. And sometimes then we start feeling very down in ourselves. So that isolation can be really difficult. And then, of course, we begin to be quite lonely. And loneliness is not about being by yourself, to be to be honest. Loneliness is about when we maybe we have people around us but they are not the quality of relationships that we would like. So isolation is is incredibly um, important uh, risk for us to think about for our mental health uh, in in this environment. Loneliness is too, but be mindful that people on their own are not always lonely, that actually you can be in a crowded room and feel lonely because the relationships around you are not always the ones that you would like so so risks there are risks of isolation that for me would be the the, the most difficult to be honest and I do think that we should therefore I mean we, we'll come on to this but we should therefore maybe take every opportunity we can to engage with people in the environment, in the business, just to acknowledge, hi, how you doing? How's your trip? How you getting on? Um, is uh, uh, are you? Uh, what, ha, how are you managing the job today? Where have you got to go to in the future? How are you looking at things? How? So to really just engage on that, actually, as we said right at the beginning, Peter, that helps to minimise some of those catastrophic thoughts and helps to produce some positive hormones.
2: And I guess we should also consider as well that from a terminal operations perspective, from a safety perspective, somebody that is not feeling well, somebody that is feeling stressed or anxious, or all three of those things, they they feel isolated. They could well be making decisions in their working life that may have unintended catastrophic consequences because they're carrying out very, very essential roles within the terminal environment that if things go wrong that could cause harm to other people or the environment or both
1: absolutely so let's just pick up on that because you you asked me about the word anxiety before like can I, let me just pick up on that anxiety is an, is is important for us to understand because it's one of the most common what we'd call mental health uh common mental health problems it's it's one of the most common but let's just be clear we all experience worry like i said before but worry is natural so like if you're late for an appointment if you've got to do a presentation if you've got like a big a big um big piece of engineering to do we worry that we're going to make it but when the thing that we're worried about stops so when we arrive on time or when we arrive even late or when we arrive or when we've achieved what we've done the worry should lower so our feelings of worry really should dissipate once the thing that we're worried about is over for some people those feet even when what we were worried about stops or finishes the feelings of worry like heart racing breathing quickly um stomach churning uh, a feeling that we can't cope those feelings sometimes continue And that's anxiety. It's when the anxiety is the prolonged feelings of um, being overwhelmed, feeling out of control, feeling that things are going to go wrong. Now, so imagine that we come to the terminal and we've got to make some really important decisions about safety. And imagine that we're anxious. Well, the problem is when we're anxious, we start to view the world and the decisions around us in a way which is more risky than it than than it than than the natural uh the natural view if you like so when we're anxious we start to catastrophize a lot of things that go on in the activity that we're doing so we start to think we start to over worry like oh my god this could go wrong and this could go wrong and this could go wrong and I don't know about you Peter but we've all we've all done this thing where we've gone out we've locked the car we've gone to the shops we thought oh my god did I lock the car did lock the car I did lock the car, I lock the car and we'll go backwards okay. and forwards and the danger about if you're doing that at a terminal and then you do all of those things and you start to then go back and check and go back and check The worry is that you could be doing the job for a lot, lot longer because your anxiety means that you worry that you've not done the job properly and means you may set all of the activities that you do, you know, in different ways than are the healthy ways to manage it. And also the thing about being, um, the point about being slightly preoccupied so anxiety means you're slightly preoccupied with what's going on in your mind which may mean you're not alert to all of the risks that are happening so you may be overly sensitive to some risks but you're not looking at the global risks that are there because your mind is a little narrow on some of the on on the specifics
0: right does that make sense yeah Absolutely. And in this context, um, Mandy, what are the things that we Mm. could do better in order to sort of alleviate those
1: feelings? So I feel that we should do a lot more education, a lot more education around just the real basics, just the real basics. So before people go, before we go on a long trip, Um, before we drive a long way it's like right are you we we always check don't we we get people to check their their vehicles check their tanks check there's check there's there's a fuel or there's a there's there's electricity in the battery we charge up our phones before you go okay we'll do a little minute sort of checking with yourself are you hungry are you thirsty have you got people to talk to if you need to are you preoccupied with something can you focus on the road in front of you so I'd like us to invite people to do a little bit of a psychological check or a little mental health check right. for yourself before you take an before you take an uh, before you do a big a big sort of safety activity. That's the first thing. Second thing, what I think I'd like us to do is to spend a little more time valuing the engagement of uh, the human to human interaction. Right. So it's like when you get to the ple- get to the the the, the 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 facility, it's like actually you may already do this, but it is incumbent on uh, you to link in with with the office or to just link in like you've arrived. This is what you've seen. This is what's happened. You're going to be spending an hour here. Then you do your job and you link in again. I've finished my job. Done that. Done that. I'm now setting off to another place A, B, and C. And you do your own little check in. And you can have little cards or little credit cards on the front of your um dashboard um if I'm thirsty stop to do it if I'm tired do this if I'm not feeling great here are the people that I can call so some really some good education some relatively simple um practical uh tasks which to help us re-engage with each other and um thirdly the, one of the most important things is Re- uh, helping all of our the people that work in our facilities understand the resources that they have available to them if they're not feeling great. Right.
2: And what about Mandy for advice for supervisors and and managers within those organisations? What are some of the things that they mm. should be looking to do? So,
1: supervisors and managers um, are. Uh, is one of the most important um, roles for mental health in the workplace. So the number uh, one influencer of good engagement and good mental health in the workplace is the relationship we have with our supervisor and our line manager. Think about that. So if you're a line manager, the relationship you have with the people in your team is the number one influences of how well they'll engage with safety activities, how well they'll engage with with each other, how well they'll engage with the values and the mission of what you're doing. So that's your relationship. Now, Peter, I don't think we spend enough time training our supervisors and managers about the quality, the importance uh, of good quality relationships with the people they manage. Well, what does that look like? Well, quality relationship is not just about task, so it's really essential that people in our teams don't just feel they're there and their value is the is the the delivery of an activity.
2: Um, Every
1: per sorry go on.
2: I know, Mandy. Sorry, I I was just going to say, and uh, one of the things is that um, the closer you are to your teams, the more likely you are. To be able to identify yeah. signs of stress and anxiety, and to be able to initiate those conversations that that individual might feel uncomfortable doing themselves.
1: Great, great, great point. And and um, so, quality relationship is exactly that. So it's like if I'm working with you, Peter, it's about me saying, "So, Peter, normally, um, let's just have a chat. When you're doing well and you're thriving and you're you're you're, you're really feeling positive." Um, what I notice is that you are you're asking questions and you're engaging and you're challenging me. Would would that be right? And it's like so. When you're not feeling so well, when you're not great, how can you let? How will I know that? What is? Ha, what what? How would you behave differently if you're not feeling great? Now that might be quite a challenging discussion, but it's actually quite an important one because it's like a discussion that helps me learn about you. If I don't know, if I don't you know, we often have cliches. It's like, oh, I'm just not feeling great today. Oh, I'm just a bit grumpy. Well, no, let's have a good discussion. How are you when you're feeling well? How do you behave? How will I notice? And then how will I notice when you're not feeling so good? And then you can have a really good discussion with someone that says, look, I noticed today, you know, you said to me that when you're not feeling so good, you're a bit quieter. I've noticed in the last couple of days, the last couple of month, weeks, you're a bit quieter than normal. Shall we have a chat? Should we chat about how you are? And for line managers to know that it is their responsibility to have a chat, to talk about how the person is, to talk about the levels of um, workload that they've got. But to know that we're not expecting them to be counsellors or psychiatrists, but that actually they have resources that they can then refer people to, whether that's mental health first aiders, whether that's um, employee assistance programme, whether that's occupational health or HR that actually the line manager's role is to spot the signs, have the discussion, signpost people to the right places and know the resources that the organisation has.
2: And I guess it's also understanding the different approaches that different genders have to
1: Mm. how
2: they deal with these problems because I'll I'll be the first to hold my hands up. I'm a typical man and I don't like talking about things that are worrying me because I don't want to worry other people. Um, because, you know, I think that I'll I'll always be able to deal with it. And I think that's probably quite a typical male approach to how we traditionally used to go about dealing with anxiety and stress.
1: Mm, Really good point. Um, Things are really shifting around a bit as well, to to be honest. So um, we have to be thoughtful. But traditionally, women um, have been the much are much more likely to use services all right so they're much more likely to go to the gp and talk about what's worrying them they're much more likely to use helplines they're much more likely to reach out to each other to you to to support i mean don't don't forget you know there there uh there's a lot in the whole of women's physical and psychological health that we have interventions from hospitals, whether that's having babies to menopause to um, to any of the other things that go wrong with fertility. So we're, we're sort of engaged with health services a lot in our lifetime. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good, but we have to engage. M- men don't always, like that's a huge generalization, but as you said, um, men are less statistically, are less good at reaching out, reaching out, to services, reaching out to helplines, reaching out to us for help. Uh, traditionally, men are more likely to try and solve the prob- solve their problems themselves, like you've just said. So we do have more men who try and solve their their problem of m- mood, maybe. So not feeling so great, they try and solve that with alcohol. So on the whole, we have more men addicted to alcohol and drugs than we do women, and you know also we all know the, the the dangers of suicide so that in our in our world today uh, certainly in here in the uk we have three times more men take their lives uh you know kill themselves by suicide than we have women because what men try and do is solve often sometimes solve the problem themselves rather than reach out now this is getting better there's huge resources that are out out there to help men with this. We've got this great there's a book called the excuse my language, but the um, the the, the hairy ass guides to men's the stress, which is written by for, for builders. Um, we've got um, the lighthouse charity, which sort of helped does a huge amounts of work in the construction industry. So things are changing, which is really great. So many of our sports clubs, are really like focusing on mental health, and many of the, the the places where you know the gyms are doing a lot of work on this. So there's huge resources that I really think that in in this profession where we have a lot of men in uh, in the profession here, we should be much much more alert to all the fantastic resources that we have there to help uh, all of us with this.
2: No, thanks, Mandy. And I know that you and I have spoken a number of times and whenever we've spoken, I've always found it incredibly insightful. And I'm just thinking as we draw our conversation to a close today, you mentioned a couple of resources there. Is there anything else that you can recommend people to go and have a look at, regardless yeah. of, of whether they're a man or a woman or or regardless of, of how they might be feeling today? If there's anything that you can point people to as a really good resource?
1: oh there's there's absolutely loads to be honest um and sometimes too many. but um if you've listened to our 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 call today, I guess, and you are thinking, actually, I've got some of the the uh, I'm not doing great or uh, uh, the decisions I'm making for myself are not so good. I'm I'm feeling down. I know people who are feeling down. What I would urge you to do, the first thing is if you work for an organization that has an employee assistance program that's an eap an eap is 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 a separate organization that provides counseling um fi- often financial information legal information that's outside your organization but your your employers pay for you to have full access to 24 hours so m- 24 hours a day there's a helpline many organizations have an eap my mission in life, Peter, would be to get, like, everyone using their EAP. Most employee assistance programs, about 5 to 6% of the workforce use it. Let's try and get that up to 50%. Like, you've got, like, so please, please have a look, see if your organization has an employee assistance program. If it doesn't, then the some of the best resources are the mo- to be honest, are the most well-known ones. Look at Mind. Is, is is a super resource which is uh, huge amounts of videos and 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 personal statements the mind website is really brilliant samaritans is also great for all sorts of things not not just suicidal support but like men's health if you're worried about someone please 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 do that i'd also encourage people to um look actually go to the look at the apps for calm c-a-l-m the calm there's a calm app that helps us breathe easily we've also got calm as an organization which is the campaign against living miserably which is also for for men and their mental health so I, i to be honest i don't want to overdo it but i would start with those and um we we can then do some further work peter on sort of like specifics but those those are the good ones
0: Thank you, Mandy. Uh, this has been incredibly helpful. Uh, and thank you very much for having joined us today uh, for what is uh, certainly a very helpful uh, conversation. So thank you, Peter. And thank you, Mandy, for having joined us today.
2: No, it's fantastic. And thank you, Mandy, from from me too. And thank you, Nunzia.
1: You're so welcome. All the best.
0: The importance of mental well-being cannot be overestimated, and making helpful adjustments at work can form an important part of promoting and fostering a positive working environment. Thank you, Mandy and Peter, for your contribution today, and thank you for listening. Remember that you can find Terminal Stock on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major platforms. As always, check out our website, tankstorage.org.uk, for all latest news and insights on the terminals industry in the UK. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please spread the word. Have a great day.